Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel, and today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Rick Hackman. Welcome one and all. Good to be back, David. David. Awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. And before we do that, Rob, let's uh, let's take a moment and invite the Holy Spirit in our heart to help us break open the bread of life. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and your protection. Thank you for uh, thank you for being our Father. And no matter what goes on in our lives, no matter the Father that we had or the you know the authority figures that we've had here on Earth, that you are our loving Father. That you hold us so gently. In the palm of your hands, you know us inside and out, uh, and you just want us to come to you, just reaching up, Abba, Abba, Daddy. So, Daddy, we call on you, uh, please to send the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of your love and peace and joy and comfort. Uh, send, the, send it in the studio, send it within the car, send the Holy Spirit in the cars of those listening in the homes, uh, everywhere, uh, that the Holy Spirit can prepare our hearts to receive your word. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And there's a beautiful morning prayer that comes out of our Stewardship of Prayer uh, daily prayer booklet. And these booklets have gone all over the country and all over the world. But I'd like to pray this prayer to start out our day. So let us begin. Good morning, Father. Thank you for the blessing of this day and for the opportunity to serve you. I offer up to you all of my prayers, works, joys, and suffering and life as a living sacrifice to be united with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the purpose of building your kingdom. Father, enlighten my heart and mind with your truth. Set them ablaze in your love so that I may be a blessing to others this day. Use me, Father, as an instrument in the salvation of souls. Open my eyes to see you at work in my life. Open the ears of my heart to hear your voice. And open my heart so that I may do your will this day and all the days of my life. Lord Jesus, I invite you to live in me, with me, and through me this day. Holy Spirit, please light our path. And Father, join with us on this great adventure which you created me for. I pray this in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rob, I try and start my day every day with that prayer, and then I, I ask God for those eyes to see, and he shows me opportunities throughout my day to be a blessing to others, and it changes the way you look at the world. It changes the way. And with that, Rick, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love today? All right. The reading today is from Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. After he had fed the people... Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, 
for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened, and, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I'm just thinking of of the apostles. Just got done feeding the 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Uh, And for my next act, I'm going to walk on water, right? Uh, You know, what's going through their minds? It's just awesome that, that God... Loves us so much, and he and and Jesus loves loved his apostles so much that he uh, he wanted them to have no doubt who he was. Um, yeah, that's just awesome. And, and I, I, I circled the words, Rick, when you were reading the words of Jesus: "Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid." And Jesus is whispering those words in our ears all day long, all all of our lives long. Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Because what happens when we, when we have fear? Same thing that happened to Peter. He was frightened, he sank. But Peter didn't stop there, right? Peter's awesome, right? He cried out, Lord, save me. So even though we, you know, we lose our faith or we doubt or we have fear and we sink and we you know, go into despair, don't stay there, right? Let's, let's have this three-word three prayer that our first pope teaches us, Lord, save me. Lord save me, right? Sometimes we can't even come up with the words and we, we're so we, we just we're so frustrated, we're so you know, bound up in fear. We can't we can't pray. Right, but Peter gave us a beautiful prayer. Lord save me. Lord save me. Just over and over again, Lord save me, Lord save me. Save me from myself, right? You know, last week, David, we talked about you know, reacting. Right? What a beautiful prayer that would be. And when we feel our insides twisting up and we're about That's to explode, yes. Lord save me, Lord save me. Right, to save me from from myself, from my reaction, from from you know saying something and hurting the people that are so dear to me. Lord, save me. And you know, I just I wrote down because do not be afraid. I think there's supposed to be like 365 times in the Bible it's stated by God in some way, shape, or form because He doesn't want us to be afraid any day, any one of the 365 days in a year. He doesn't want us to be afraid. And I come to find out. That fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. When we allow fear into our life, that's a lack of trust of God. And that means the enemy's in my camp. He's attacking me. I was just with a, in a business meeting with a man earlier today, and he's already projecting the negative outcome of what's going to happen today. And I said, whoa, 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 stop. You don't know that. I said, you're tuned into the enemy's channel. You don't know if any of that's going to happen. Stop. God's in control Stop that. Pray 
ask God for his intervention, ask God for help, and be at peace. But this man, he had just gone off into this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And, and I said, repeat the words that the man said to you. And he repeated the words. I said, did you hear the words? The words had hope in them. Rest on that. God's in control. If God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. There's nothing man can do to stop it. But if he's protecting you and doesn't want it, ha- want you to want it to happen, be at peace. He knows why. You may not. And so that, for me, is a real barometer, a litmus test in my life. Man, if I've got fear, if I'm being controlled by fear, what are they going to say? What are they going to say? What if this happens? What if that happens? That's not of God. Holy fear, fear of the Lord is the only fear that we're called to have. Because my fear in that is, I don't want to ever lose him. I don't want to ever hurt him. I don't want to ever be separated from him. So any other fear other than holy fear, fear of the Lord, is not is not of God. And 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 I'm telling you, the enemy's in your camp if you're experiencing it. And it's a great tool of the enemy to keep us silent and silent actually the Holy Spirit within us to speak to be, to people because we'll go, oh, what do they say if I tell them this? What do they say? What of this? What if that? Stop. Ask God for help. And then don't be afraid. Let God speak through you, through the Holy Spirit's promptings and inspirations to give you the words to say in the different situations. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's awesome to see God at work. This past weekend, I was, I was in the ocean and then in, in, in New Jersey, and I had two of my kids with me, and we're walking out, out to the sandbar. So one is six and one is ten, and, you know, towards the end it got, you know, got a little deep, so I had them one on each arm, so we finally get to the sandbar. And once we get there, I see this, this guy looking back towards the beach, and uh, I'm like, I know this guy. And all of a sudden, you know, his name came in, Bob. I say, oh, Bob. He's like, Rob? And here it's my cousin's husband. And I haven't seen my cousin since her dad's funeral in, in 2011. And we gave each other a hug and, you know, wave. It was like right when we, right when we gave each other a hug, the wave, like, you know, crashed over us. And uh, I said, who's here? He said, Maria, his wife's there, and Adam, my other cousin who's my age. We grew up together, you know. We're real tight. He's here with his wife and daughter. So we walk out of the, of the ocean together. And uh, it was a good thing I met him because it, it got even deeper by the time we left. So he had to take my son on his back, and I had my daughter on my back. And, uh, and we go over to, uh, to the chairs, and, and you know, I played a little joke on my cousin Maria. I said, Bob, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with her. Don't, you know, let's, let's walk separately. So I, I bent my head down. So this is radio, so you guys can't see that I have a... I have a, a beautiful head, so God didn't want to cover it with hair. So I, uh, I, I leaned down and, and I said, "Oh, excuse me, ma'am, can I have some sunscreen for my bald head?" And she's got a little, you know, little little spunker. She, what, "What are you talking about?" And I looked up. Oh, you crazy! So we gave each other a hug and we started reminiscing about her dad. Last time I saw saw her was was her dad's funeral. And she said, "Rob, whenever we're at the beach, my father really shows up." Um, and, he, and, he, and he, she shared how he showed up this time. They rented a place, first time they ever rented it. And the next house, the house right next door, there's a train set that the guy built around the outside of his house. And my Uncle Paul was just an avid train. You know, he built trains and he had tracks all over the place. And that was, that was their kiss from their father that this guy. And, and today, or no, when was it? So I guess last Tuesday, they, every Tuesday at 5 in Ocean, Ocean City, I forget, you know, 11th Street, wherever they are, this guy runs his train. So that was the kiss. And then, and then she, she shared about her daughter, so it would be my uncle's granddaughter, at the anniversary of his death, I guess this past year, 
went to Mass, and right before Mass, she said a prayer. Poppy, you know, I, I know you, you, were, you were afraid right when you died, and one of the songs they played at his funeral Mass was Be Not Afraid. And I'm going to Mass today for your anniversary of your death. You know, I'd, I'd love to hear that song. And what song was played? Be Not Afraid. Isn't that amazing? Be not afraid, I go before you. And she's telling me this story. And, and, my, and then my cousin, who's my age, Adam, is telling me a story about how he wore the chain last year. The, the, he kept his father's chain, and he would only wear it at the beach because his father loved the beach. So he had his father's chain on, and they were in the ocean, and the chain got ripped off. And he felt it, and he's panicking, and everybody's looking. And, and not only did my uncle do trains, but he also did these Red Baron airplane models. Okay. And they're panicking, looking for the, the necklace. And what flies does a flyby, like almost ocean level, was a Red Baron airplane. <laughs> I mean, how often do you see a Red Baron airplane flying, you know, a few feet above the, above the ocean? You know, they never found the chain, but that was God's way of, of giving them a kiss from, from the Father, saying, it doesn't matter, you know. I know you love me. It doesn't matter that you lost the chain. Right, it is, it's, it's and those awesome. heavenly kisses. Awesome. If we have eyes to see, they happen all the time. And you, I totally forgot. You reminded me. Uh, my son just gave birth to another grandchild, so I'm a, a grandfather again. That is so, awesome. So, so yesterday I took the, all the kids down. We all gathered in the, in the birthing room. You know, the the day after the birth, and we're all there, all the whole family, all the kids. And one of the girls that was in the room said, "Hey, look at this," and she turned the coke bottle around. Look who's here with us. And the name of the Coke bottle was Brittany, uh, which was my daughter that was killed in a car accident. What are the chances of that Coke bottle having her name on? Wow. Because amazing. Coke has, a, has, has a, the promotion with names on, yeah. but I've never seen one that said Brittany. Wow, so we cool. all just stopped and laughed. <laughs> we said, well, that's Brittany. Oh, She's wow. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, wow. And the gift of life, you know, the... The, the prayer, the morning prayer that you prayed, David, in the, in the beginning of our, our time together here, um, in the beginning of the prayer, I offer to you my prayers, works, joys, sufferings. And I think we've all heard that aspect of, of this prayer. But God put on your heart when you penned this, and he penned it with your hand. Uh, you, you, know, you held the pen, and, he wrote, and God wrote this prayer, and life, right? I offer to you my prayers, works, joys, sufferings, and life, right? So you have a new life in your family, Right, yes. you have a new life, a little granddaughter uh, that's going to you know, bring you and, and your whole family so much joy. Uh, and what a gift life is! And every day we offer up the gift of life. I was sharing with uh, uh, the nursing home residents this past week. Uh, a current mystic in, in, in our time um, was given the gift of the veil of mass being lifted from her eyes, and she saw these beautiful beings leaving the pews, as many as there were people. Right? So it was everybody's guardian angel going up at the offering. And the, some guardian angels looked very sad. Some looked you know, kind of neutral, and some just were beaming with joy. And the Blessed Mother was explaining all this to her. And she said, well, what's going on with the guardian angels? She said, at every Mass, everyone's guardian angel has to go to the, to the altar. When the bread and wine is offered at the offertory, everyone's guardian angel goes. And the ones that look sad are the ones whose people are there, and they're complaining the whole time. I can't believe I'm here. There's so many better things I can do. My mom's making me go. My wife's making me go. My husband's making me go. They're begrudgingly there, and they go up empty-handed, sad. And then there's the next set that go up, and they're kind of, you know, still sad. Their person's not, you know, complaining, but they're just there. They're not praying. They're not 
complaining. They're, they're, they're not doing anything. They're just there. And then the third group of guardian angels are going up beaming with joy. And they're the ones whose, whose person that they've been entrusted with has, as you prayed in this prayer, given their lives at that moment. And they say, Lord, here's my yeah. gift. Here's my gift. My gift to you is my life. My gift to you is my yes. Right? So every day we can give. In the morning we give it. And at Mass especially at that moment of the offertory, ever since I read that story from this mystic, every time I try to remember to give that gift of my life to my angel to take to Jesus. Here, Lord, here's my yes. I give you my yes. That's all I That's here. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Here it is. Please take it. Take it to Jesus as a gift. Uh, so so beautiful that God led you to, to include that prayers, work, joy, sufferings, and life, and life as a living sacrifice, right? So every day we pray this prayer, and at every Mass we should give that the gift of joy to our guardian angel to not go up empty-handed, that, you know, please take, take my all in, take my yes. And I'll tell you, praying that prayer every day, God's given me the gift of the eyes to see. I see heavenly kisses all the time. I see what I call God moments all the time. Coincidence or accidents? No. That's just a failure to see God at work in our life. I'll never forget it. It's a little funny story. I love God moments. But my dad had died, and the whole family got together after he died to go to a baseball game in Harrisburg at the Senators. And I'm like, all right, we'll have a family reunion at the baseball game. Well, my dad all his life said, sang this stupid song that I never even knew was a song, but he sang it his whole life. It was the last song he sang before he died. So we go to this baseball game, and we're all there, and they did the seventh-inning stretch. Now, you have to understand, the song he sang, I never even knew it was a song. I thought he just made it up. Well, guess what the seventh inning stretch, the song they played that I'd never heard before except my dad singing. His song? His song. Uh, and I'm telling you, tears uh, rolling. I'm telling you, God God wants to send us those heavenly kisses wow. to let us know where our loved ones are, that it's okay, that he's with us. And we read this story here and now. The world, you know, it says that they're being tossed about by the waves or the wind was against it. The world, there's so many things that's coming against us every day. But Jesus is saying, be not afraid. Keep our eyes focused on him. Peter, Peter stepped out of the boat, walked on water, did something that was impossible. We can all do things that in the world's eyes are impossible. But keep our focus on Christ because it's not us that's doing it. It's Christ that's doing it. And whenever we look at the world and look at the waves around us, the naysayers in our lives that say, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't, then we start to sink. And so we cry out to the Lord again and say, help us, and he comes and he saves us. But, but look at where the disciples were. Now, not, not after Jesus had gotten there and Peter wanted to uh, ask Jesus to call him out of the boat. But before that, when they were being tossed about by the wind, they... Uh, had left Jesus miles behind. It, it says in the reading here, the boat was already a few miles offshore, and Jesus had stayed behind to spend that quiet time grieving for John the Baptist like we heard about last week. So they, they were sure they were alone. They didn't have Jesus with them in, in their viewpoint, in their earthly eyes. He was nowhere around. Just as we feel sometimes when we get into situations or we go through troubling times and we, we look up and say, God, where are you? Why, why do I not have this connection with you? Why am I here alone trying to go through this? But just as Jesus 
in a miraculous way, a totally unexpected way, impossible for the, as far as the disciples were concerned. He came to them walking on the water. So Jesus will uh, show up for us. He is present, um, even though we, we think it's impossible for him to be there, that, that he is so far away, so distant from us, that there's no way we can feel him. He's right there. And his admonition is, don't be afraid. And not really even an admonition. His words of comfort are, don't be afraid. Here he says, it is I. Be of good courage. It is I. I'm here. So take courage in that. Be comforted. Jesus is there, even when we least expect him. And he's given us all that one-word invitation, come. Right? That's all he said to Peter, come. Right? So we, we, we've, we've all experienced, right, Rick and David and I, you know, we, we've all experienced the gift of, uh, of recognizing those God moments, right? So we've all experienced them, and he's saying, come, come on. I, I, but, I, even, I but even when we doubt, I mean, Peter here, after when Jesus said, uh, don't be afraid, Peter still wasn't sure. He said, Lord, if it is you, show me this sign, command me to come to you on the water. So even, even when we doubt, Jesus doesn't say, yeah, you, you know, good because you don't, you don't have the faith. Um, he, he shows us, he gives us the faith through exhibiting his power uh, in our presence. And, and he's done that throughout the centuries uh, out of his mercy. And we should believe that the Eucharist is Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity because he said it, right? There is words. But he knows that we doubt, and there's been priests that would doubt, and at the moment of consecration, when they're elevating the host that was just consecrated, you know, so it's no longer bread, and it would turn the flesh. So, because Jesus said here, oh, you have little faith, why, why did you doubt? So there, there have been priests that have doubted, and the, the host turns into flesh, and the wine blood, and, and there's over a hundred... And they're still, they still yes, exist. There's over a hundred documented Vatican-approved Eucharistic miracles where Jesus is saying, I love you so much, even though you should believe it because I said it, but I know that you're going to doubt. I know there's going to be a lot of distraction, and I love you so much that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just show you for sure so you know this is my body, this is my blood. And for all of our listening audience, if you've never read it and truly ask God to help reveal it to you, read John chapter 6. And I love it because Jesus in there four times says, you know, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. Unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood, you have no life in you. And then a little bit later on, he looks at Peter because the disciples left, the Jews left, everybody's leaving him. He says, how about you? And Peter says this. He says, where are we to go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Well, what words did he just speak? You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. That revelation to me, as God unpacked that for me, changed my life. And he even tells us, goes even further, he says, because the, the bread that I will give you is my flesh for the life of the world. He gave his flesh on the cross. He told us, that's the bread. And that sentence like popped out of the Bible for me, and I'm like, boom, there it is. How can I not believe? Those are Jesus' words. And the words have eternal life because they're truth. Amen. Amen. And, and, and God will come 
in the midst of our our waves, right? So, you know, as you said earlier, David, that you know the waves of of life are crashing, and and you know, it it it, it takes a lot of I mean, obviously for Jesus a lot of humility, right? To 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 force himself into this little stale piece of bread and and wine, but for us, that's a very a humbling act, right? To just break away, to go into the silence of a chapel, and to kneel in adoration of what the world would say is a piece of bread, right? But we know it's Jesus, his body, blood, soul, and divinity. So in the ways of our lives, we have this this harbor, this this calm, this peace that surpasses all understanding, and we go and we visit him. And as we said last week, you know, the one priest calls adoration practice for heaven, that if we can't get ourselves on our knees in front of Jesus, and we know for sure that it's him, and we can't carve out a little time now, you know, do we really want him? Do we want him? And boy, that, Rob, that's convicting, because I I was reading here, you know, that Jesus went up a mountain by himself to pray. And I'm thinking of the fact that Jesus is fully present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, no different than in heaven. He's present in every Catholic church throughout this world. He's right down the street. Jesus went up a mountain to pray, but yet I don't go down the street to just spend some quiet time with him and to pray and to thank him. You know, and at the bottom it says uh, that they did him homage. You know, I want to make sure every day of my life I live with a life that's a heart of gratitude, that thanks God for everything. But I'm telling you, this taking the time to go down the street, to stay after Mass, imagine that. The meal's over, and what do I do? Get up and go. Wait, stop. Stop. That's kind of rude. Let's take a little time. Do a little reflection. Thank the Lord. But, I mean, seriously, the Lord is present for us. He's waiting for us in every tabernacle, in every Catholic church, all over the world. How far down the street is it? We have no problem going down the street to Target, to Kmart, to Walmart, because we need something. Well, do we truly need and do we truly love God? Because many churches now have adoration chapels. Some of them are 24-7. We can sit in the Lord's presence. What do we choose? Mm. That's the conviction that I have, Rob. What do we choose? Well, God bless each and every one of us out there. And remember, the purpose of our life is to know God, love God, and serve God so that we may live with Him forever in heaven. God bless each and every one of you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website, or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. 
And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.